The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, a new survey has revealed that one in six people are being paying between 26 and 50 euro to see their GP. A third are paying over 50 euro. And it turns out there are variations right across uh, the country. The prices, of course, as you might expect, are highest in the capital. Joining me now to talk about this is GP Dr. Ernan Gallagher. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Now, um, the, the prices vary. I mean, people can be spending as much as €75, euro, and uh, one of my colleagues even paid €80 euro to a GP for a visit, uh, and yet in other parts of the country, maybe €25, €30. Euro. Why? I think the main reason probably is because of uh, location, the cost of rent, the cost of rates, um, probably would be very major components of that. The cost of staff, um, and obviously, more staff, the the bigger the draw on the practice as well. Running a practice is like running any small business. It's an expensive thing. And you could be looking for a single-handed GP of expenses of 1000 1500 a week just to open the practice. You know, you can, you can say medical insurance, that's a part of it building insurance, rates, rent, um, upkeep. And obviously the, the main part of it is staff pay. So that could be colleague GPs. It could be um, nurses. We, we do get grants, of course, for the nurses that cover part of their um, income. Also a reception staff as well. So there are many, many components as to, uh, as to what makes up a GP fee. Yeah. Um, sadly and unfortunately, it doesn't all go to the doctor. Now, t- tell me about what help you get from the government. We get, obviously, our GMS. The number of GMS patients we have on our lists determines the income from the GMS. So when you employ a practice um, nurse, part of his or her income will come um, as a grant from the HSE. Part of a income for a manager will come as a grant from the HSE, which all goes to make up your gross GMS pay, and then the rest of it is private. And are but, but made just help me to clarify um, the, the GMS. I mean, it's a capitation system. Uh, so That's if you've right. got you know a thousand uh, patients on the GMS, you get so much per head. But uh, do you get uh, money for the practice nurse and the practice manager on top of that, or does it come out of the capitation? No, you get the grant for the nurse or the manager um, on top of that. On top of that. How do you qualify for that? Because there may be some GP practices and they're struggling, you know, trying to do everything. Maybe one a person at reception and that's about it and a GP. Um, how do you qualify for those grants? You qualify by having adequate numbers of patients. So if you have very low GMS, it's like a couple of hundred, you probably get very little um, in the way of grants. Um, but as you get up to higher numbers, around 1,000, 1,200, and optimal numbers, the maximum number you can have on the GMS list is 1,500. Okay. So it's it basically based on the quantum of patients you have. So if you that, have, say, 1,000 people on the GMS, um, you're, yes. you're therefore... A, you're so you're going to be so busy potentially uh, that you're going to need um, you know a practice nurse and uh, you're going to need maybe someone to manage the practice from a business point of view um what proportion might they pay of a salary that you'd have to pay to a practice nurse or a manager you could probably um, i suppose with a big list you'd probably pay 
about maybe two thirds of what it would cost to employ a manager or a nurse. But it's only limited to one. It, you can't have a variety of grants. You get a grant for the manager or and a grant for the nurse, but not a grant for multiple nurses. Okay. Um, irrespective of the practice size, but you say it's limited anyway to 1,500, no matter how many doctors you have in the practice, um, th- that practice it, can it, only have 1,500. No, it, it relates, in fact, to how many doctors hold GMS lists. Not every doctor holds a GMS list. and So the GMS it, list is not attached to the practice, rather it is attached, attached to, the to the doctor. Yes, exactly. So if a doctor so retires, it, what happens to that doctor's GMS list? With the doctor's GMS list, if he or she is in partnership with other doctors in the practice, it can be incorporated into the practice. Otherwise, it's advertised. Or if it's a small list, it's dispersed among other doctors who are in the community already. Uh, Okay, but the practice wouldn't lose those patients because you wouldn't like to think of patients who are used to going to one practice then being disenfranchised because a doctor has retired. It depends. This is extraordinary. It actually depends on the if there's a doctor willing to to have a GMS list. Because when I started nearly 40 years ago, it was the be-all and end-all to get a GMS list. In fact, I had to wait five years in the wings before it was granted to me. Um, But now the big problem is getting doctors who want to take on GMS lists at all. Yeah. And why is that? Is it because they tend to take up an awful lot of time? I'm reading here a statistic which says people with a medical card visited their GP on average uh, almost six times a year, uh, and it's only half that for those who paid. Uh, I, I don't honestly think so. I cannot say after all these years that, you know, it's it's a bigger burden or anything like it. It's No, know, but I'm saying that to, they do tend to yeah. uh, use the service of a GP twice as much. Now, often that can be because maybe they're older and more frequently sick. Maybe they're going along to get vaccinations and other, you know, seasonal things that they must get. No, um, it, it, you know, it, I suppose it's a fact of life. And if you don't have to pay for it, like many people who are over the age of 70 now, and obviously the children will have more ready access. And do you know, it's really brilliant to be able to see sick people when they need to be seen rather than when yeah. they can afford to be seen. So there's a huge benefit in that. Um, and it's, it's really wonderful not to have to worry about people not having enough money to come to the practice and feeling um, beholden to the practice. So, I would hope that's not the way people would see it. Yeah. Um, some of the texts coming in, I pay 70 uh, euro and a follow-up is 50 euro. In other words, if you're going back with the same complaint and it hasn't resolved, it's 50 euro. That's in Dublin, 18. Uh, 60 euro in Ennis in County Clare says another. Another one says it's quite simple. It's good old capitalism. It's supply and demand. That's from Chris. If you have too few GPs and we know we need more GPs, so many retirements and not every position is going to be filled by those pr- uh, training at the moment. Many of them will leave the country. Um, so we need more. If there were more, would the price fall? No, the problem is, the, the problem is this. As I outlined to you, a, a small practice is going to be paying 1500 um, sorry, it'll be 1500 a day. So about 350000 to stay open that's you know that wouldn't be unusual and as the practice gets bigger so to actually open my doors would cost about a thousand a day you could say so you've got to raise that money um 
whatever grants you might be getting to help with um, a nurse or a manager. They're 1%, yeah, 1% each maybe. Mm. That's all that is. So, and the GMS list then, you, you work that as, you know, and you make sure that you see your patients and look after them well. And then you have to look after your private patients also. So it essentially it's a business. And if you're not making enough to keep the doors open, well, then, um, unfortunately it won't work. But the, the truth is that every practice in the country is looking to spend about 1,000 euro, 1,500 euro a day just to keep open. Yeah. Um, some of the texts, my brother had a routine blood test done at a practice in Dublin City. He paid 60 uh, euro for his visit. A week later, he was called back for his results. As he was told, we don't give them out over the phone. He had to take a day off work and was also charged 60 euro to get his results, which were all normal. Is this a standard practice? Not that I know of, but it, it, you know, as I say, every practice differs. And I'm not speaking on behalf of the IMO or the ICGP. Huh. I'm speaking as a, as an individual. Yeah. I'm just wondering so what I'm the you know, sure. if if the bloods had some abnormality, you might want to have that face to face with someone to say, "I've got the bad news for you, baby." Um, but if they're completely normal, um, to charge someone another visit and then scare the living daylights out of them, they take a day off work. I mean, that's hugely expensive to that individual. And we're always being told about telemedicine and how great it is and all the rest of it. And it worked well during COVID. Um, so I, I would I would feel telemedicine is is a difficult thing to do. And, it's, you know, it's very hard to assess the results of it. It's something I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. But anyway, as we weren't talking about that, we we're talking about 120 euro. It's a lot of money and I'm not quite sure how or why it would be charged like that. Have you that heard of, be, of uh, doctors charging, you know, you, you get your 15 minutes, that's it, uh, for your 50, 60, 70 or euro, whatever it is, and if you go over the 15, they charge you double. Have you come across that yet? Well, I, you know, I've you've got a, 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 a number, and other people saying you can only go in with one condition. If you have a sty in your eye and the flu, um, sorry, we'll only treat one of them. Is that so? Truthfully, most of us will try to accommodate a number of things. Sometimes people come on with a shopping list of 10 or 12 items, and that's very difficult to deal with in a short consultation. What we would tend to do if people have a long, um, a long list of things need to be dealt with is say, could you make a double appointment? And probably it wouldn't be charged as a double appointment, I wouldn't think. Um, but it, it, it's difficult. And obviously, when someone comes in, whether it's a sty in the eye, which could be just a sire, could represent diabetes, it could represent 101 things. You still have to explore why it's there. Uh, more of the text coming in. I've heard stories of a phone consultation lasting one minute, cost 50 euro. Uh, another one, perhaps one of the reasons that young doctors aren't becoming GPs is because of the requirements to buy into a practice or self-fund a premises in order to work as a GP. Adding this cost on top of loans acquired during training is surely a disincentive to potential new entrants to becoming a GP. Might it be better if the state provided the premises and let the doctor concentrate on just being a doctor instead of having to worry about loans and staff and wages and PRSI and all the rest of it? That's from Dave in Carlo. I, I apologised to my wife and my sons some years ago for the fact of, you know, having set a practice and having to go through um, extraordinary difficulties when we first started. So it is a, an extraordinarily hard time when you're setting up an individual practice like this with having to get 
premises and everything else. Yes, it is a very, very hard thing to do. The, in the old days, they used to have the, um, the district offices, um, the district, uh, oh gee, can't think of the word, um, where the, the doctors sat, if you like, yeah. and people come to them and they were part of the, a health service as it was at the time, but yeah, that it just really be called the dispensary, exist. as far as dispensary, I remember. Dispensary, that's exactly the word. Yes, the dispensary, and the doctor would. They used to say sit, and the people would come and they'd wait in the in the room, and it would just be the doctor. There would be no nurses. There'd be no reception staff, and things have evolved hugely with the Irish College of General Practitioners. Um, I think we run a, a pretty professional service. GPs here are very well trained, and our big difficulty, if you like, is to keep those people in Ireland and keep them practicing here. I don't think there are very many GPs who you could actually say are extremely well off. There's, there's not, there's not huge income derived from it. And, um, it's, it's still a very difficult job. All right. On that note, Dr. Ernan Gallagher, a GP for many is the long year. Thank you very much for joining us on the program. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.